With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make the play to stop this draft. That last one, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. And the pass is picked off. It's picked up by David Harris, who gets away from Brady. What a turn of events. Now being chased out by Trumpeter at the 10-yard line. Suddenly the Jets' defense responds when it looks like the Patriots were ready to drive it right down the field. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Kinley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 174. Uh, I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, joined here by my draft tech analyst and good friend, Rich Tinley. Uh, we're back after a couple of weeks off. Rich was away. I was away with work. Things were busy the last couple of weeks, but uh, Jets won and lost on the, the the last couple of weeks. So let's dive into the last game. Um, well, first thing I want to see, say is Mike White has been a breath of fresh air so far this season. I think he's lifted the team. Like he's lifted the defense, he's lifted the the offense, and. I'm surprised he's playing so well. What's your take on that, Rich? Yeah, uh, like he's given the offense a lift for sure over the last two games. We we looked to have a passing game again. Things just weren't going right for Zach Wilson. Like, yeah, we were winning games, but he just, he was like a very kind of average game manager. I think Mike White gives us a bit more of a dynamic trap passing. Now you can see he, it's... It, We'll be probably a bit more prone to mistakes too moving forward. Like um, I can't really fault him for the interception there the weekend that was deflected, but there was one throw there the week before where Garrett Wilson took for a touchdown that you know like uh, uh, he was lucky it wasn't picked off and gone for pick six the other way. But yeah, like I think uh, it, we kind of need that injection, and I think also for the defense to keep playing is I think they were kind of losing belief that. Um, Zach Wilson was going to put points on the board when they got the opportunity. I think uh, having Mike White in there certainly has given them a bit of renewed belief to keep playing. Like, yeah, it was an unlucky loss against Minnesota. I think we done really, really well for the most part. Uh, probably the the main complaint was we took too many field goals when we probably should have maybe had we converted one, maybe two more. Into the end zone, we would have been talking about a great win. But, like, yeah, I think, you know, Minnesota aren't a bad team. I, I do think they're probably a little bit overrated on their record. I don't think they are as good as that. 
But again, like they're still a, a, a quality team. And yeah, we stuck with them and came back and all of that throughout the, the whole game. So yeah, really, really good sort of characteristics for the team to, to be shown, particularly when you get into the last few weeks of, uh, I suppose, playoff kind of level of competition now where every game kind of can have that playoff connotations and win or go home type of thing. So yeah, like... We've got five weeks left. We've got a few more wins left, I think, uh, on the board. To, if we get, I think, three wins, we should wrap up a playoff. But yeah, it's it's going to be tough. But I think White White gives us a, a good chance moving forward of picking up a couple of wins. Yeah, just on the, the Vikings game and the Vikings themselves. For me, watching the game, I took, from what I took away, is the Jets played probably the toughest team they've played all season in the Vikings um, like their offense was decent enough only if they had a top a top rated quarterback they would have absolutely tore the Jets apart in the first half but look the Jets were in it till the end there was a few mistakes in the first half which basically you know, made it harder for the Jets it, it, it reminds me of the Steelers game in the playoffs where Jets went down 20 points, down to Mark Sanchez, and it, it just it was too hard for him to come back in the second half. But in saying that, they, they put up serious yardage in the second half against the, the Vikings. And it, decent enough in the first half as well. But like when they got into the red zone, they didn't put the ball up. You know, they didn't score touchdowns when they should have. Like Barrios dropped the pass where he should have scored. And that's on like him. And the other thing is, like I thought, our, our, our offensive coordinator kind of got a bit too cute. Um, I don't know what your take is about that. But look, Mike White, he's he's making the offense tick. He's given the defense a breather, which it it was mentioned last week by the defense. I think you have to add the equation there as well, Ian. Young knight at running back, like the undrafted rookie, uh, he he's definitely given the offense a bit of a jolt too. I think, uh, you know, th- there could be an argument where he should be probably getting a few more carries going on how well he's playing. Like, uh, to have that kind of uh, release valve, shall we say, from the passing game, where you know now you can realistically get into kind of better yardage for your toward down attempts and stuff like that, because. Under Zach Wilson, we were probably one of the worst in the league in terms of toll down conversions in terms of yardage. Like I'd say our average was probably the likes of toll and seven or something like that, but really, really high. Now it kind of feels like we're more in the toll and three, toll and four range with with Knight the way he's running the ball, and yeah, like that can kind of make a big difference with how we're playing. I think as well when you like think back as uh, in one of the instances as well we had a a very stupid penalty by Fant where he had a block in the back that was as obvious as anything. Uh, I do think we probably like looking back could have scored a touchdown on that drive and you know that kind of knocked us out of contention there and the field goal was good. But like if you look at kind of how we performed and like the little errors we made and the improvements. To kind of stick with Minnesota the way we did and come back the way we did, you know, it bodes well for the future and it also kind of shows, I suppose, the level that this team wants to reach. You know, that they're, they're kind of disappointed with not getting the win away to Minnesota, who are, 
yeah, like they're, they're playing very, very well as a team. Yeah, the other thing is you mentioned Banton, you know, a penalty. Like Davis is a veteran wide receiver. Two penalties in the first quarter, two silly penalties. And then, like that uh, interception that came off his hands, that's not the first time that's happened to Davis, where the, um, the quarterback's thrown the ball to him and he's knocked, knocked it up in the air for um, a DB to catch the ball. I think he's caught, he caused, I think it was two interceptions last year, two or three, and that's another one. Um, what's your thoughts on Conklin so far? Because for me, I was expecting a lot more from Conklin this year, where I'm finding him very inconsistent. Inconsistent. Uh, it's hard to really say, like you know what I mean. Like when you look at it from, uh, I suppose, any of the receivers' uh, sort of point of view, on the third quarterback this year, you know, like uh, you had Flacco for the first three games, then you'd Wilson, and now you've White for two, and you know where he could have been a favourite target for one of the quarterbacks, he might not be up the same pecking order with the other two and vice versa for everybody. Like, I think Garrett Wilson seems to be the only flavour of the month for everybody. I think everybody was looking to him. But, yeah, like I seen, like I suppose with Wilson, Conklin was probably a bit more evident in the play CJ wasn't, whereas now you kind of look at, I think CJ had a nice 25 or 25-yard reception there the weekend, uh, really, really nice play. I think Conklin, yeah, could be kind of maybe missing out on the snaps with uh, the direction they could be going now, given Mike White might open up a different part of the playbook for them too. So, yeah, I think Conklin's still been, you know, utilised in terms of his blocking and stuff like that, same way with CJ. I do think, in a way, CJ may be more the surprise uh, target now over Conklin at the tight end position. So maybe that's why he's getting to see a few more catches. But yeah, I think if Conklin's getting open in a game and White White sees him, I think he's going to feed him. You know, so it kind of just could swing in roundabout. It could be on a defense deciding who they want to take away against us. Most defenses are probably going to want to take away Garrett Wilson or yeah, he you know, he's kind of the main man now with Davis as well. He's only coming back from injury. So, you know, maybe over the last three weeks of the season as well, you would hope Davis would hit kind of proper form back after injury and he's still healthy and can be, you know, prove a useful weapon. I suppose Elijah Moore as well, another one who has a, a bit of a rebirth potential here with, with the new quarterback and, yeah, I kind of hope that he takes a bit of a jump over the next couple of weeks. It's not, it's not just Conklin that I'm looking at in terms of like production. You know, you mentioned earlier on Barrios, yeah, a, a catch he should make, but again, like his production to me seems quite down. Like it's it's only Garrett Wilson whose production has kind of remained consistent the whole way through. Along with, I suppose, like uh, feeding the running backs, you know, with those little dump off passes and stuff like that. But I do sort of see more of an emphasis towards throwing down the field now with White there in comparison to the weeks on the Wilson. So that's probably going to open up things more for the run game if you see the Jets having a, a genuine deep threat down the, the sideline. And I even noticed Mim's name getting called a lot more too, which while he's not producing catches every game, he's getting out there and he's showing up as a kind of potential target. And, 
yeah, to me, he has the potential to haul in balls and like potentially win. So, you know, what? we're probably giving it about the production end of things. When you look at the guys we have, they're all well capable of like catching that ball to win us a game, you know, and that's probably the frustrating part is with the, the uncertainty, I suppose, with our quarterback the whole way through the season because like I'd even wonder why was Mike White not playing the first three weeks uh, as opposed to Flacco? How was he behind Flacco then? And, you know, it, it, was he given a fair shot at the start? That, you know, that's a question I probably would have been asking. Was he really, like, Flacco the best guy to kind of hold the fort steady? Or were you afraid that if White had to come in, that would have been tough to give the job back to Wilson? That's kind of maybe how it's looking like now. So, yeah, like, while all is kind of up in the air with how White's going to do moving forward, because I'm sure he's going to have a couple of bad games here and there where we probably lose a game we should have won or something like that. I don't think he's the second coming of anybody. I think he's an improvement over what Wilson was at the moment. But, yeah, like, there's still potential to improve on offense with him, but also to lose games. So, like... Yeah, it'd just be interesting to see how we all do, do as a team on all sides of the ball because, yeah, you kind of need special teams and defence pulling everything along there too, you know? Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> go back to Conklin. My, the main thing I'm not worried about but concerned about is the drops. He's had an awful lot of drops this year. But, like, you mentioned Bam. Bam Knight, like, like he he was an undrafted free agent of NC State. Uh, never heard of him. Comes to the Jets, gets on the has a decent enough preseason, uh, but goes on the practice squad, comes up out of the practice squad, and he's been a breath of fresh air. Um, and it just, it just. Just opens your eyes that like next season, going into next season, we have three running backs now, explosive running backs that are very young, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And then we've got wide receiver room, which is young as well. And then we've got we've got a couple of nice pieces on the off the offensive line. And then we have a couple of question marks. Like we've a few big free agents next year. Um so, like, yeah, like, I said it to the guys during the week, said, look, says, it was a tough loss, the Jets were in it till the end, but for me, I think we're a year away, and I didn't feel as let down as previous, in previous games during the season, where, like, the two New England games, I was aced, because they're two games we should have won, and two games we looked awful because of the quarterback. I think this game as well for Minnesota, We because we had so many field goals, we feel we did quite a lot of drives where we scored, but like just didn't hammer anything home. So, yeah, I think that's probably what gives us a bit more of a better feel after this one is kind of that knowledge. Had we were to hammer home a couple more of those drives, we would have come away from a good team with a really, really good win away from home yet again. I think the where does the, where does, where does the blame lie on that? Rich, where does the blame lie in that? Is the offensive coordinator being uh, too cute? Because for me, if you're on, if you're in the fa- um, two or three yards out, you bring in the big guys and you run the ball in the best you can. I think, um, yeah, look, I think in 
the, the NFL, particularly now, I think you need to have your quarterback in a threat running the ball. And I don't think Mike White is that threat or seen even by his own offensive coordinator. I don't think it's like scan the field and then just take off and take a five-yard run. I don't think that's kind of in his thinking. It's more like find the open man if he's not there, throw it away. So I think over the next couple of weeks, if he kind of gains that mindset of like, right, I need to take off and gain a few yards and he becomes that threat, you might have somebody spying back that just opens up something else in the passing game. But I think, yeah, that kind of, the defences look like they're set up to not like worry about a quarterback taking off. I think that's kind of noticeable in our game that we we don't really think like our QB is going to do it either. You know, and there's quite a lot of opportunities for them to, you know, gain 10, 15, 20 yards ready to take off. But I get, you know, you want to keep your guy healthy too. Yeah, the other thing is, um, one second now. Yeah, the defense. I thought the defense were playing all right. Uh, there was a few big runs they, could, they should have dealt with in the first half, where they stepped up big time in the second half. But, like, is there any concerns going into the next game for you? Like, we're playing Buffalo on the road. My biggest concern is. We don't do well in Buffalo. Uh, honestly, in the way the team is playing, I don't really kind of have any major concerns. I think we're kind of showing the NFL this year that we're a competitive team, and I think that will remain the case regardless of where we play. I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a tough game. But a, a game like that, I'm not kind of afraid of, like, wonder, like are we going to, like, shit the bed or like you know drop an egg you know what I mean a big duck egg and not score or stuff like that I think those worries as a Jet fan this year should be gone like yeah I, I'm quite confident that we can win and win this game and I think that's what the team will be getting set to do you know I, I, well, I yeah, think just, uh, just other seen, times you kind of feel that we've just seen there Von Miller's out for the season which is a, a good thing for a uh, Jets Another thing yeah, is, I'm only after seeing that Max Williams came back for the game, got pulled out of the game, and now he's gone for the rest of the season with a non-football injury. So that's a head scratcher. Oh, good news for the, yeah, all good news for the Jets. But yeah, like I, I don't see like Buffalo. Yeah, they're ahead of us at the quarterback position. There's quite a few teams that are. But there's other areas where, like, for example, on defense, I feel like we're well ahead of Buffalo. As good as Buffalo have been the last few years, I think I don't think I'd swap the Jets defense for any other defense in the NFL right now. I think uh, even the potential for that to grow even better as the season goes on, because it's going to get more difficult to pass, which kind of shows me that we're going to get more interceptions as it goes. And if that were to happen, like that defense is going to be seen as elite. And it's like kind of year one of the transformation. So, given a couple of years to grow together, I think that defense could be enough with even an average offense to, you know, take us to a Super Bowl over the next couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Um, going into the Jets game now in Buffalo, where do you think we'll win or not? Let me phrase that again. Where do you think the Jets will do well to win this game? 
I think, yeah, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they've already shown how they play, I suppose, the, the home game. It's a quite a good sort of game plan for this one too. Control the clock, keep Josh Allen off. Kelter, I suppose, with taking away his favourite targets as much as possible. Yeah, you obviously have to watch for him running, but I think again, like I hope, kind of, if he does take off running, that somebody makes him pay this time. Right? You know, that was kind of the disappointing thing from the first game is that he was allowed to run quite easy and. I spoke a few minutes ago about Mike White probably doing the same thing. Um, you know, I think we kind of have to be ready for Josh Allen to do that to us this time. And like I said, make them pay like with nice hits and a couple of maybe forced fumbles or things like that. But yeah, on offense, control the clock, score points, you know, like whether it be through running or passing, but control the game that way and then special teams just do what they've been doing. Like and I do think, you know, if it does come down to defenses, I think ours is better. And I do think Yeah, we can kind of shut down Buffalo easier than they can shut us down. Yeah, while you say that um with Mike White in under center, he's opened up Wilson and he's opened up more in the passing game. And also he's opened up Bam Knight. In the screen game, big time, which is a good thing because well, we've been missing the screen game the last couple of years because Zach Wilson can't throw the ball five yards without throwing over a receiver's head. Yeah, like you kind of look as well, like as a for a team to prepare for now. There's not a lot of tape for teams to prepare for Mike White. You know, like everything that they're coming up against, the vast majority of it will be them seeing it for the first time him doing it anyway like you know the, the, I'm sure there's quite uh, like maybe 300 plays there and we've seen maybe 70 of them you know what I mean like uh, over a couple of performances so it's quite a lot of unknowns still in that sort of playbook for Mike White and what uh, way it looks ran by him so I think that's kind of an advantage we hopefully should be looking to exploit moving forward as well as knowing that the defences aren't going to be as prepared for for White, as they probably would have been for for Russell or for uh, Zach Wilson, <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think overall, you know, we need to kind of take advantage, regardless of whether it be away from home or whether they're supposed to be a good team or not. I think we're capable on defense of beating teams and keeping the score low enough that a, a serviceable offense should be able to win games. With. And if we get that from Mike White, I think we will win this game. Yeah, I'm expecting uh, Quinton Williams to have another big game. He's absolutely having a monster season. And looking back at the last two games, like Mike White has had, he's had nearly 500 yards per game total offense. That's serious. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you know it's set up for the Jets to do well. The Jets to be able to hold the ball. The Jets uh, to be able to put drives together, which in turn eats up the clock and keeps, you know, Josh Allen, who would be a big threat on, on the sideline. And that's the best way to stifle him is by not giving him the opportunity to have the football, never mind move it. So, yeah, the longer we're on offense, the longer we can sustain the drives, the more points we can put up when we're on offense. You know, the, the harder it is for Buffalo. Yeah, and looking at that now, uh, Garrett Wilson, first year wide receiver for the Jets and picked in the top 10 
and it looks like he's on track to get over a thousand yards. Like he's he's nearly hitting seven hundred yards so far. Yeah, like um, I think he'll have his down days, like any receiver. But I think he is the type of guy you can kind of lean on uh, on his good days. You know, I think even when it comes to the likes of kind of contested catches or balls that just aren't and throwing a hundred percent, I think he's kind of that bailout guy as well. Like he's turning into that there. Like we kind of had that hopes for Elijah Moore, and I'm still not like kind of giving up hope there. But like. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you'd like to see a bit more production from in the, the slot or the inside between him and, and Berrios. And there's not just a lot coming at the minute. And, yeah, I I suppose my fear moving forward is that, like, teams key in on Garrett Wilson. And because of that, he fails to make the 1,000-yard mark. Like, he's definitely going to break Keyshawn Johnson's rookie record. I think he's about 70 yards to go, so he could probably break that this weekend. And yeah, I think he's about 230, is it, or 270 yards to go to get to the 1,000 yard mark, which, you know, in theory, he should be able to do that with a couple of games to spare. Like, I think over 1,100 yards, I think, is what his goal should be. And that's without playoffs and that if, if they are that happened. But yeah, like, it's brilliant to kind of feel like you drafted somebody that you hit on so early that's come in and improved the team from day one. I think you can say the same with Sauce Gardner. To be fair, you could probably say the same with Clemens, Mitchell, Brees Hall, certainly as well. Like, I can't wait for him to come back next year. Like, when we have a, a run game with him, Carter, and, and Knight, you know, that trio is going to be a dominant trio in the NFL. I well believe it. I think, I think you look at even improvements on the O line if we were to draft an O lineman or draft another wide receiver, high, whatever it may be. I think, even from a free agent perspective, if you're an old lineman now, you may be looking at the Jets and going, Do you know what, they've got a defence, they've got a couple of playmakers on offence, and if I can go in there and improve the blocking in a little bit, like it could be enough to take them to the Super Bowl. So I think we'd be more of a desirable destination for free agents as well this year, which should help in any areas. I think that we may be lacking on offence. And I would look at, yeah, I would look at like wide receiver being a potential yeah. weakness and, with Davis, I suppose, and his cap figure and how he's performing, we probably could, you know, get somebody cheaper and better there. Or we could look at going to the end of the fourth round, maybe using another fourth round pick on a wide receiver and having a trio of young guys there to grow with White or whoever moving forward. Yeah, just as you mentioned the draft there, I've been kind of keeping an eye in the last couple of weeks, a couple of mock drafts. And the, the position I've seen is right guard and safety in every every mock draft and why I'm saying right guard is because people are people are are thinking that the Jets are going to push ABT out to the right tackle spot because he's done such a good job there which wouldn't be a, a bad thing to do if you got a top top of the top of the range right guard um the other thing is, like, you've got free agency. You hit the nail on the head there. They're more of an attractive team now, especially with the head coach, the GM, the team that's in place now. And, like, for me, I think we're overachieving at the moment. But, look, happy days. I think uh, when you look at, like, what we 
I suppose started with this time, like last year, we were looking at potentially another top three pick. I think we ended up with the fourth overall pick. So the kind of moving away from that end of the spectrum in the NFL to now, like where you're looking at games against a team like Minnesota and thinking, yeah, well, we lost. You know, we did enough where had we had a bit of luck and a bit more, I suppose, pro- production or a bit more um, proper plays, like actually like connecting and things like that, that we would have won that game easy. So, like, you know, that's the kind of step up and level that we're, we're at this year. Where the playoffs, I suppose, ready not to happen now is probably going to be a disappointment for a lot of fans, including, I, I assume, me and you, because, like, yeah, we could have probably dreamed of, like, the playoffs being, like, the best-case scenario this year. And, you know, even if we lost out in the fourth round, so be it. But to just kind of make that jump back into a, a relevant team. But I think, again, this weekend, the way to Buffalo is another chance for the Jets to prove how relevant they are. And I think that's the way they're going to view this weekend. And I hope get a win out of it and show the NFL again that they are a team that nobody's going to want to play should we reach the playoffs. Yeah, because the Jets at the moment are in the seventh seed, I think. And if you do get yeah. the seventh seed, like if it was today, they're on the road against the Chiefs. I'd have no fear. Like, yeah, no. Kansas City for me is another overrated team. Like, you look at, they've dropped basically 30 million in talent on last year's roster that wasn't good enough. Last year they were paying Patrick Mahomes about 6 million. This year it's 36 million. That's why Hill's gone and quite a few others, you know. So uh, they're relying on a lot of young players like I suppose we have been doing. And yeah, those guys are stepping up into an already pretty good team. But yeah, I think in terms of value for money, like I think we're in a better position to probably put it up to them when they wouldn't expect it. And, yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised the Jets to go to Kansas in the playoffs and win. And, you know, like, yeah, Mahomes is probably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the position. But in terms of the rest of the roster, I think we've got a big advantage. Yeah, I like your thinking. All right, let's go prediction time. Jets on the road, Buffalo. I'm going to go for a 24-17 win for the Jets. For me, I'd go 17-27 to the Jets on the road. Very good. Yeah, I didn't think they'd beat um, the Vikings. I thought going into the Vikings, they were too strong. Um, but look, they could have won it. They held them. They, I was kind of expecting the Vikings to win, personally. Yeah. Now, I, personally, I think looking around the league la, last Monday, there's a lot of big name players after dropping out like, for the season. Like, you look at Von Miller's gone, he's their biggest threat. You look at uh, we're playing Jacksonville soon. Lawrence went out with a leg injury. I don't know what the story is with him. You've got the Rams quarterback. He's out. You've got the San Francisco quarterback. He's out. Like There's a lot of big-name players dropping. Opening up for Geno Smith. Yeah. And Mike White. He's having a hell of a season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But even like, talking about Mike White, Mike White's only on a one-year deal. 
Mike White's going to be next year. If he keeps, if like, continues playing better. Yeah, well, there lies the question. Like, what do you pay? Got like, he's had what four or five games played, like in the NFL. Like, I'm yeah. not talking about he's going to get paid. Which, yeah, like, is there any other team out there in the NFL, Pensnell and Mike White, as the starting quarterback next year? Well, if he keeps continuing down the road, he, he's 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 walking like the jet. Like, he could get paid. You never know. Look at Matt Flynn. So, I, yeah, that's what I was going to see it more like the Matt Flynn trajectory as in like that. Like he's probably potentially like on the backup list of guys, but I wouldn't see him as in where somebody's going to go right. He's our guy that we're going to plan around the show and make it the business to go out and sign him as a backup. Yeah, I would say it would be highly sought after, but as a starter, I would say no. So yeah, like I'm kind of wondering like what type of price range he'll be looking to be brought back on. I'm not sure, but um, I know the Jets have first refusal. Like if the team comes in from, the Jets can yeah can put in a first refusal. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, hopefully like I won't like you know that he'll come back at a fair price. Like I I'd honestly like to see the Jets maybe draft the quarterback in round two or round three this year. And like let next year kind of be a competition between White and Wilson in camp to see if like Wilson has done anything and learned anything or has improved enough to take the job from White. Is there a quarterback to kind of happening to have a, a sort of a rookie waiting and learning in the background who may have like fallen to to the second or the third round who a bit more was expected of? That's hey, kind Jen, of what I'd like to see moving forward. Is, is there any quarterbacks you're keeping an eye on? That could fall. Like for me, the one guy I I would watch is the guy from TCU, because you're not going to get one of the top guys. Yeah, like, but you know how things change, and somebody does something, or somebody, you know, it's a tweet from five years ago, and immediately now they're not seen as the first round quarterback. So like, there's a lot of things can happen between now and draft day, and. Uh, how people are rated now and where they actually go are two different things. So, yeah, yeah, like, there's always a chance where one of these highly rated guys will end up going to round two or round three and, yeah. you know, well, we can't look at this gift horse in the mouth. There might yeah. be something up in the background. But, yeah, let's take a putt on him and have him sitting learning in the background. Like wearing a bong mask. Yeah, like if that were <laughs> to happen, we could live with it. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right, that brings us to the end of the show, guys. Um Slant for me. And slant for me. Sports Social Podcast Network.